Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts, Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata. I am joined by Joshua Houts. Our trusted sidekick, Sutton, is not with us for this episode. Our fault. Uh, we will get into that in a few seconds, but we are back after a long holiday weekend, a long Labor Day weekend, and lots of stuff has happened over the past few days. Laramie Tunsil traded. Jadavian Clowning does not come to Miami. The GOAT, the legend, the myth, John Denny released. And then another kind of surprise cut with uh, Vincent Taylor being released. Of course, also Kenny Stills and Kiko Alonso being traded. Chris Greer, Brian Flores absolutely cleaning house. They are taking no prisoners. And the players' reaction to all the news just shows that they understand who is, in fact, in charge. We'll touch on all of this over the next 20 minutes or so. But first, let's not throw Sutton here into the wind. Let's make sure the listeners understand why he's not here, Houts. And as we sit here, it is 1.01 a.m. on September 3rd, and we are recording this podcast. Um, it's both of our faults that Sutton is not here, Houts. Do you want to go first since you're the most egregious of them both? Yeah, I'm going to put the – I'll take – I'll shoulder the blame on this one. I mean, I put my oldest daughter down to bed. I ended up just passing out like the old man I am. I woke up, it was like 11.30 or 12, and Sutton basically just said, right, right up's done. Uh, flourish, boys. So we were like, oh, man, we felt pretty bad. So, Sutton, we apologize. Yeah, and it's my fault as well. I uh, have a little side business in dining websites and so forth, so I was really – Focused in on that, zoned in on that while I was waiting for House to get back to us along with his availability and totally missed the text messages from Sutton. And, and dog videos. Like, Don't forget, you're, you're pretty yeah, awesome dog at videos, dog videos. Yeah, dog yes. videos for work as well. So all of that, uh, we're sorry, Sutton. We love you. Don't get mad at us. So he'll be back. He always comes back. Anyways, let's talk right about Laramie Tunsil, right? Let's talk about the compensation. Let's talk about the trade. Crazy. First of all, you have to set the stage, right, which is Davian Clowney. He was originally part of the package with Tunsil. As, we, as I touched on Twitter, I touched on Finsider Daily, uh, that whole episode where I just basically went into the details of all that. We all know what happened. We all know who did what and, and what did where and all the other details involved. We want to focus on Clowney not coming to Miami, which, okay, I get it. You know, he understands. Well, not he understands, but he knows the Dolphins are going through a rebuild, and Brian Flores probably told him just how drastic – of a rebuild it's going to be. And, uh, you know, Clowney, you got to give him credit in, in some respects because the Dolphins probably would have offered him the most money after the season and possibly could have given him a bump. I, I think there's a way to give him a bump in the tender or whatnot. And 
he didn't want to just chase the money. He wanted to go to a contender. He wanted to try to win a Super Bowl this year. So you got to give the guy a lot of credit. Ended up in Seattle with the Seahawks. That defense is going to be pretty scary, especially on along that defensive line. And, and Seattle's a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl with the addition of Jadavian Clowney. Now, again, he was supposed to come to Miami in that trade package that involved Laramie Tunsil. So when he was traded to Seattle, many people thought that that trade was dead. But as I had reported on Twitter earlier that day, that the trade for Clowney was basically a bonus. The original trade involved Tunsil and a bunch of picks and Clowney was in there, yes. But it was really more for Tunsil and the picks. And again, the Dolphins had wanted... Bernardrick McKinney, I keep reporting that I'm not backing down off that, but the Texans, of course, do not want to give him up for obvious reasons. And so, you know, they've been talking, they were talking back and forth several weeks, several days. And at that point, once Clowney decided to go to Seattle, yes, that that part, that trade, that package with Clowney was dead. But I felt, and I texted Houts and Sutton earlier that day, I said, I don't think this trade is dead. Because of the fact that it, it didn't really fully involve Clowney. It was just a bonus. And I just had felt they were so far down the road in talks. And had built up that relationship and had that relationship in the past. That it was just too far down the road to turn back. And plus the relationship and the damage that may have occurred between Tunsil and the Dolphins management. Up to that point, um, maybe the Dolphins just wanted to make sure... There weren't any lingering problems moving forward. So, Houts, you know, you talk about the compensation. What are your thoughts? It was a treasure trove of picks, more than Khalil Mack. That is basically what you give up to get a franchise quarterback, and the Dolphins got it for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing, and that's kind of what you're starting to realize, you know, a couple days after this all sunk in. You know, no one wanted to get rid of Laramie Tunsil. I completely agree with you with the Jadavian Clowney thing. I mean, we kind of said, who would want to go to the Dolphins when you have Seattle reportedly interested, Philly reportedly interested? It was clear he wanted to go to Seattle. It was clear that Seattle wanted him. I don't think that Houston got quite the value that Jadavian Clowney's worth. That trade was a complete fleecing. But then you look on the the, the surface of this uh, Tunsil deal with Miami, and you got Kenny Stills and Larry Tunsil going to the Houston Texans along with a 2020 fourth-round pick and a 2021 sixth-round pick. In exchange, you know, for two first-rounders, they're get, the Dolphins are getting Houston's 2020 first-rounder, 2021 first-rounder, a 2021 second-round pick. They also received Johnson Batamosi, a defensive back, and Julian Davenport, a tackle. So, I mean, like you said, on the surface, I think Albert Breer touched on it. He said this was more than, you know, the, the Raiders got for Khalil Mack, more than the Giants got for Odell Beckham. And when you look at it like that, I mean – that's a hell of a get. I mean, no one can sit here and before we like were posting polls on Twitter and people were giving their input on what they would give up. What what a perfect deal would be for Laramie Tunsil and people joke two first round picks, you know. No one really even suggested a second. The Dolphins got very very good value for what many believe to be an up and coming top left tackle in the league if not already one of the top 5 left tackles in the league. But again, I mean, we completely see Chris Greer blowing up this roster. He's building it the way that, you know, for, for years we've said that this team needs to have a full rebuild. They're finally starting to do it. They have a ton of draft picks. It's going to be interesting to see how it all shapes up. And like and like Xavier Howard said today, trust the process. The Dolphins with those picks, now people are saying, and it's true because now they have to use those picks. They have to hit on those picks. We saw everyone's comparing them to the Cleveland Browns. But guess what? The Browns at one point had a treasure trove of picks, and they absolutely screwed the pooch on it. And they picked the wrong players and so forth. And 
you can give these guys the benefit of the doubt, but the fact of the matter is that no one knows if they're going to hit on these picks or not. Yes, the apple of their eye is one of the quarterbacks in the 2020 NFL draft, whether that's Tua, whether that's Herbert, whether that's Jordan, um, Jordan Love. We don't know who they really want. We think they want Tua, but there have been rumors of their love for Herbert. There have been rumors of their love for Love, and that's all going to shake out this college season. And the Dolphins will have most likely a top three pick at the very worst, unless Brian Flores pulls one of the greatest coaching miracles ever in NFL history with this roster and somehow scoots out six to eight wins. But if that's the case, you got your quarterback of the future in Josh Rosen, because if you're winning games with this roster, then that means you're doing something right with the players that you have now. And you may not want to change much. You may want to just add to it. Now, that's the perfect situation for Miami, is it not? Right? Josh Rosen coming in probably after the bye this year um, and just showing that he can be that franchise quarterback. Yes, Tua. Yes, Herbert. Yes, Love. But if Rosen can dominate and prove that he is that guy, almost Jimmy Garoppolo-like when he came in towards the end of the 49ers season, after being traded and coming in and playing five in a row and winning five in a row. And the 49ers saying, okay, we think we got our guy. Obviously, there's still a lot of questions about Garoppolo after the ACL injury last year especially. But then the Dolphins with their treasure trove of picks, they're all set. They can pick who they want best player available and continue to fill this roster. So don't necessarily think that the Dolphins have to get a quarterback if Josh Rosen proves that he can be that guy this year. That's what the Dolphins would probably prefer, but obviously still a long season to go. But again, back to my original point, the Dolphins still have to hit on these picks, okay? Right now, they have, I think, won the deal. I don't think there's any debate about it. But there's going to come judgment day when the Dolphins use these picks to pick their players, and they better hope they hit on it. Otherwise, they're not going to be around long enough to see this vision through. And that's another concerning point, right? Because we've seen this plenty of times before, right? Cleveland Browns, for example, again, the guys, Sashi Brown and all of them who architect um, this whole thing of trading away players for picks and stockpiling picks, they weren't around to see the, the end of it. And I don't think that will happen in Miami, but it's in the back of your head. But that's another reason why I see people saying, oh, the Dolphins are tanking for two years. Listen. The Dolphins tank for two years. There's no way Greer and Flores see this through. They can tank for one year and get away with it. Tank for one year, get your guys in the draft next year, and then your clock begins. You wait two years, then you let your clock begin. In the third year, I think it's way too late for that, and your clock is a lot shorter. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you're right. I mean, just because they have all these draft picks does not mean that they are home run hits picks that they're going to easily you know, go out there and they're going to get the quarterback of the future. Line. You know, they're going to find some linebackers, some defensive backs. There's no guarantee, especially with a team that we've seen for so many years, just continue to just keep churning in that, you know, seven and nine, eight and eight mediocrity. I mean, it, you would think that this is going to be what it takes, you know, this youth movement, all these draft picks, the treasure trove of picks, all these great draft classes coming out. I mean, you touched on the quarterback class. This is arguably one of the best quarterback classes in recent memory. You know, Tua, we know Tony Pauline suggested Justin Herbert was a guy on the Dolphins' radar for many. I mean, it's dating back to last year's draft. Same with Jordan Love. I mean, they've done their due diligence on all these guys. My biggest fear, and we're not going to touch on it in this show, is that you mentioned Josh Rosen. And if we hit on Josh Rosen, I mean, it, that would be the absolute – 
perfect scenario because you have all these picks to just build around him. But how can he succeed behind that offensive line now? Because it's it's in shambles. And before we saw it, and it was still you know a little bit of musical chairs here and there. They had some decent pieces, and you had that elite left tackle on one side, and everything around him was you know pretty good. But they were able to make it work. I just don't know how this offensive line is going to be able to to do anything this year. To be completely honest, and I think this goes back to our Fitzpatrick debate. I mean, he's going out there behind this offensive line. We saw how bad he was in preseason behind the second and third string. I mean, that is what he's going to be playing behind for as long as he's a starter. When Josh Rosen comes in, it's going to be the same for him. I just feel bad for him because he went from Arizona to a terrible situation with a bad offensive line to now the Dolphins with a <laughs> terrible offensive line and an even worse situation. Yeah, you have to feel bad for the guy. Um, not set up for success his first two years in the NFL, and, and that's rough. You know, you, there's nothing more than you wanting to come into a stable situation, and he has not gotten it. He has, did not get it in Arizona, not getting it right now in Miami, and, and about the offensive line, they don't even know who's starting left or right tackle at this point, and that's crazy because they preached all offseason on getting their best five guys in there, getting them chemistry to go, and then you're here less than a week before your game against the Baltimore Ravens, to kick off the season, you have no idea who's playing left tackle. You have no idea who's playing right tackle. All this leads to disaster, which ultimately means the Dolphins are going to win this game because that's just how things work with the Miami Dolphins. Um, it's crazy. It's wild. and But more wild is the fact that they released John Denny. That's crazy. I I, I, just, I think a lot of people are still in disbelief. I mean, we know he's a long snapper. I mean, no one can sit here and say, you know, he revolutionized the game, but he's been here since 2005. I mean, 15 seasons with the same team, and you, you just have to wonder if this wasn't more of, you know, we kept hearing those rumors that players would revolt. You can't sit here and tell me that a guy who's, I, I think he's, what, 40-some years old? I mean, he, he's been giving his blood, sweat, and tears to this franchise. He now sees uh, what they're doing, completely tearing it down and rebuilding. I mean, Maybe they gave him the option and said, you know what, for your own sake, why don't you go out there and hopefully land with a playoff team, win a playoff game because he's been here since 2005 and has never had uh, – he's never been a part of a winning a winning organization, to be completely honest. Yeah, and again, I'm not, I'm not surprised if he did go to the Dolphins and say, you know, can you release me? Because they obviously kept him on the uh, 53-man roster, so they expected him to be here. It's not like all of a sudden they decided that he wasn't the guy. So, yes, either he – Went to Miami and said, you know, you you need to release me here. Or the Dolphins could have gone to him and say, listen, uh, John, this is how we're rebuilding. We have a ton of respect for you. If you don't want to be a part of this, we will release you. We'll give you a chance to catch on with another team. I, I feel like it may have been a mutual thing. I know there was that report from the Miami Herald that talked about the players revolting. I don't think John Denny would have been involved in that revolt. I don't know who because the players in the locker room, according to the Sun Sentinel, were quite jovial, um, jovial, jovial, whatever, how you say it. And no revolt happening. Jerome Baker tweeting a pic of, of him and some other guys before the preseason game against the Saints and said, we'll be fine or we're good over here. So Brian Flores may have weeded out all the guys who may have had some rumblings and some issues with everything, but maybe he has his team. And sometimes teams and chemistry – outweigh the talent on the board and I think yeah let's not forget I, I mentioned John Denny he, he was 40 and he started in 224 consecutive games for the Miami Dolphins so you got to tip your hat to him definitely a ring of honor you know he's going to be in the Dolphins ring of honor they, they should freaking put a statue out there I mean the guy is I mean he's a he's a folk legend I mean uh, John Denny wherever you land I hope 
I hope good things come because you were the the pros pro and thank you for everything you did here in Miami. Yeah, absolute man. Um, he he's one of the best to ever play for the Miami Dolphins. That's a little that's a little exaggerating, but you get the point. It so, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> we all have this love for him just because he's been around for so long. Something else the Dolphins, you know, look to do and get their locker room right was with the trade of Kenny Stills as well. And I know that people may look at it and say, oh, man, they traded Kenny Stills because of the way he spoke out against Stephen Ross and Jay-Z and the NFL and so forth. But the fact of the matter is and the reality is that this was a football decision. They were shopping him before this even happened. Perhaps this escalated it a bit. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins and Kenny Stills, they were not in each other's long-term plans. Uh, The Dolphins certainly as they try to rebuild this roster and go towards a more youth-inclined movement. Kenny Stills was not in their plans, so they wanted to move on from him. The speaking out against Ross actually complicated things for the Dolphins because teams may have been, at that point, a little shy to take him on. And perhaps, you know, the Dolphins, in terms of optics, wouldn't be able to trade him right away at that time and not receive any kind of public backlash against it. But it's... Someone said on Twitter, it's, you know, it's overshadowed the fact that he was traded because it was involved in the Larry Tunsil trade in a huge blockbuster deal. I almost wonder if the Dolphins purposely tried to do that and were thinking of that when they when they included him in the package, whereas, you know, include him in this trade and no one's really going to talk about it instead of a standalone trade for a low draft pick or, or just the outright release. So I thought that was interesting the way they handled that. And if they were thinking that from a pure PR perspective, good on them for, for figuring all that through. Yeah, and one thing we got to remember, I mean, we're, we're all Dolphin fans here. We cover this team. But Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunsil went to a playoff caliber team. You know, they didn't get sent to, you know, a. I mean, I don't even know what's worse than the Miami Dolphins right now. I mean, I think that that's probably the, the low standard of – yeah. So, I mean, they just got traded to a team that has – by many accounts, to be one of the AFC contenders. You know, they have a chance to win the AFC South. Now that Andrew Luck retired, I mean, it's still going to be tough there, but uh, they went to a team where they can actually compete. So, I mean, it's not like we should sit here and, and pout or feel sorry for these guys. Laramie Tunsil is going to get paid top left tackle money. Kenny Stills is going to an offense where his skill set should be utilized, and he could be, you know, a game-changing wide receiver like many believe. I mean, he, he's still young. What is he, 26? He still has plenty of time to develop, and Deshaun Watson's there. I mean, now they have the offensive line. So let's not sit here and, and feel so sorry for these guys. I do agree with you, though, that if the Miami Dolphins, you know, tried to hide that deal with the blockbuster because no one's talking about Kenny Stills. They're using him as a throw-in in this whole thing. Uh, that was definitely well done by the PR department. And another cut the Dolphins made was the release of Vincent Taylor, the defensive tackle. I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. Obviously not a huge impact player, doesn't change a game perhaps, but he's good depth on the line making almost a minimum, and that was just kind of an odd release, but it also may shed a light into perhaps he was one of the disgruntled ones and was causing some waves in the locker room. But again, he was playing well into the fourth quarter in the preseason game against the Saints, so that is always a bad sign for a player, especially if you're a veteran player. Yeah, and I mean, he's only 25 years old, so there's definitely time for him to land somewhere and to develop into a player. I mean, I know Sutton and I talked about him when he came out of the draft. I know Jake Mendel and I just did a podcast on him a few months ago, and we thought the world of him and thought that he was going to take a next step in this defense. You know, it came out today, you know, he wasn't a scheme fit, and as long as they keep it to the X's and O's, to the football side of things, who can sit here and argue that? So 
Vincent Taylor, we wish you all the luck. I mean, he's again, he's 25 years old, but it's pure speculation just with the John Denny thing. Maybe Vincent Taylor was also one of those guys that spoke up and was a little upset that they just moved to Laramie Tunsil, but maybe he was also upset, you know, that he isn't getting that same playing time that he had hoped. So uh, we don't know exactly what's there, but from the Dolphins' standpoint, they're calling it a scheme fit, and at 25 years old, Vincent Taylor's going to land on his feet and could develop into a solid defensive tackle throughout the league. Where do the Dolphins go from here? It's going to be an interesting season. Draft season is going to be a lot of fun, but we have to get through the next few months. And when I hate it because of the fact that you have to go through these next few months, you have to look towards the future, but we wait all year round for NFL season, right? And, and to just want to maybe skip it and fast forward the next few months just doesn't seem right to me. You know, I want to enjoy NFL season. I want to enjoy watching the Dolphins play. And I posed this question the other day on Twitter, but I feel like the Dolphins fans, a lot of them have a good grasp of what this organization is trying to do. I think if we had this conversation and the next question about to pose, if we did this a few months ago, we would have gotten riots in the streets worse than what we got for the Laramie Tunsil pushback that we received, even though <clears throat> we were right. Um, but if the Dolphins win on Sunday, if the Dolphins win it all this year, is that really considered a win or a loss? Yeah, I mean, I it's it's hard to say because you know how angry people get when you sit here and say you're rooting for a loss. I don't think we're all going to be going out there and rooting for the Dolphins to, you know, fall in their face. But if they do, I mean, you're closer to that top pick. And uh, I jokingly thought about it. You know, Josh Rosen was there in Arizona. He led them to the first overall pick. He's now here in Miami. <laughs> There's no way the Dolphins did it. But what if they went out there and got Josh Rosen just because he could lead them to that first overall pick? One sign, one trade that we didn't even mention, and it kind of went under the radar, was Kiko Alonso for Vince Beagle. I mean, I know it's it's kind of a small, smaller transaction when you look at all these other moves that were made, but what the Dolphins have done over the last, what, 48, 72 hours is pretty unbelievable. It's like when you start a Madden franchise and you just trade away all your players because you want all those picks and you want to build something stronger for the future. I mean, that's what they're doing here. We just got to, again, trust the process and I know we are most likely going to be out there in Vegas, and it's going to be one hell of a party because the Dolphins have they're, – they're going to have, what, like 50% of the draft? I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to yeah. be fun to be there. And, and what I'm most excited about, too, over at PFN Pro Football Network, who many of you probably should all know by now since we talk about it quite a bit uh, on our Twitter profiles and our Twitter timelines and, and here as well, we're working with Tony Pauline. Uh, he's on our staff over there, and he's one of the most well-connected guys in the entire draft industry. And I cannot wait for draft season. Working with Tony, getting the inside scoop, us reporting that inside scoop. If there is anyone you should follow for Dolphins news this draft season, it is Pro Football Network by far. Because not only do we have Pauline, right? I mean, that's a given. He could do this anywhere. You could follow him anywhere. But the fact that the ownership group is all Dolphins fans, with the exception of one of them, we're just more invested into it. So we're going to push and we're going to work harder. And kind of what we do with the Laramie Tunsil news is, you know, Pauline had helped us out on that. I had my guys and Fonte had his guys and we all work together. And that's what we're going to be doing during draft season. And we have mainly Dolphin sources in terms of myself and Infante. Pauline's more connected all over the league. But if, if you want the inside scoop on Miami, I don't think there's any other place you will want to be or follow other than Pro Football Network. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we're all excited. And like you said, Tony Pauline's one of the premier draft analysts out there. He definitely has his uh, you know, his little 
birds throughout the league in each front office. He knows what's going on. He's vested in this, and it's going to be exciting to see what information comes out, what we start to learn as the draft progresses, and, and maybe you know which quarterback the Dolphins are targeting, what, what they might do with that other pick. I mean, it's going to be exciting, but like you said, you got to tune into Pro Football Network because that's where it's all going to go down. All right, Dolphins versus Ravens on Sunday. We'll be back with you every day this week. We'll be back with you on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, perhaps Saturday to make up for Monday's lost episode. The crew will be back together at some point this week, all three of us. And then, of course, we'll be doing our each individual episodes as well. Helts, any last thoughts for the Miami Dolphins 2019 season? If there is one thing that we know for sure, it is death, taxes, and the 2019 Miami Dolphins tanking. Yeah, it used to be John Denny and Miami Dolphin, but after today, that's no more. I mean, all we can do is go up, try to enjoy the season. I don't believe in those people that say, you know, I'm not going to watch a game because we've waited all these months for Dolphins football. You're definitely going to be watching a game. But, yeah, win or lose, just remember, the greater the greater th- picture is is to come, and you just hope the guys are in, per- in the place to make it happen because that they have a treasure trove of draft picks. We'll see how this kind of plays out week one, week two, week three, week four. I hope it's not a case where the Dolphins don't win an entire game uh, uh, this entire season, an entire game. Of course, that would they be can't bad. Win an <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we don't want we do not want that though. They need to at least win a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least give that one game so you're not in the record books as having an 0-16 season. People forget that you win one game. People don't forget that you didn't win any. Let's have fun this season, guys. Let's have fun. Let's stick together. We know it's going to be rough. We know there's zero expectations for a playoff run. Uh, It's kind of relieving in a way, but at the same time, it's like, okay, let's not rush through football season too much because we all know how much we miss it. And just live in the moment because nothing is guaranteed. And I think we all know that. Anything else, Houts, or we're good? Fins up, everyone. All right, let's do it. For Joshua Houts, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.